Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. got lost in translation amen genesis chapter number 13 this morning and we're going to begin with verse number 12 with verse number 12 or 10 rather 13 and verse number 10 the bible says and lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the lord destroyed sodom and gomorrah even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Going over to chapter 19 of the same book, Genesis 19, starting with verse number 14 this morning, the Bible continues this way. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose... Then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought him forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Behold, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Lest thou be consumed. This morning, I just want to just do a little teaching this morning, if I may. And I want to talk about family, church, and culture. Family, church, and culture this morning, if I may. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to help us for the next little while. Father, Lord, I thank you and I praise you this morning, God, in this place. Everyone that is gathered here today, God, we're so appreciative, God, of their attendance, God, of their, Lord, being mindful of you. I pray, Jesus, today, as we look into the word of God and the scriptures, let them speak unto us. God, give us guidance and instruction. I know, Lord, that you're able to help us, God, by, Lord, your word this morning. God, for it is a very faithful, Lord, alive, God, relevant word Jesus even for us today and will not fail to praise you and thank you in Jesus name I pray amen the church say amen Amen. you may be seated amen this morning in Jesus in Jesus name in Jesus name whenever we consider our society today this probably goes without saying but there are many aspects for instance of northern America that There are things that are in decline, but although it is in decline, uh, there is also a very, very strong interest, although we may not think it, but I'll share just a few statistics here with you very soon. 
there is a very strong interest still yet in the Bible. There is still strong interest in the Bible. And so it seems almost a little bit contradictory, you know, as it would seem. How can America be in decline concerning many aspects and many issues and still yet have a very strong interest in the Bible? Uh, uh, just just back in 2013, you remember there was a lot of uh, propaganda going forth. They were starting the uh, Bible series on uh, one of the channels, one of the History Channel, I believe it was, uh, back in 2013. You remember that? Uh, maybe some of you uh, uh, watched that or have all the DVDs of that. But from my understanding, whenever that came out in 2013, they, they had 13.1 million viewers concerning that particular program in so much that it was making it, the Bible, the highest entertainment, the highest entertainment broadcast of 2013 that was a non-sport uh, entertainment broadcast, the Bible. People were interested to watch that, hear that, you know, concerning that. And so there was definitely an interest, at least in 20, 2013, concerning uh, the Bible, even with the propaganda of that particular series that came out. But even with that being said, uh, the Barna Group has discovered, st statistically wise, that nearly 9 out of 10 Americans actually own the Bible. 9 out of 10. That's pretty good. Nine out of ten Americans actually own a Bible. As a matter of fact, they say that on average, uh, American Bible owners have at least 3.5 Bibles. So I guess that means you have a whole Bible and then a New Testament. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe one of those little New Testament, blue, orange, whatever you got. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but on average, most of them have 3.5 Bibles in their homes, and one quarter of the Bible owners have have more than six Bibles. They they wrote that for Bishop. They, they wrote that for Bishop. Have more than have more than six Bibles within their homes. And so again, we struggle then a little bit trying to uh, uh, pan all of this out. How can America be declining in so many different issues that even the Bible would talk about? And yet they would have such interest in a program such as a Bible miniseries on a history channel. And yet most of them own Bibles and a lot of them even more than three Bibles in a New Testament. How can this be? And I believe the, 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 the application that needs to be put in place is this. That just owning a Bible... Just owning the Bible, and you can get it as big as a family Bible, man. Get that thing three foot, you know, tall by two feet wide. Lay it on your coffee table. Just owning a Bible will not ward off the impact of a declining America or a declining society morally, spiritually, uh, uh, any of those modes. None of that, just by owning a Bible, will do that. But it takes living by the precepts. Living by the precepts and the principles of the Bible. If it was just owning the Bible, if owning the Bible meant salvation, then we would have a good 90% then, I guess, of America saved if that was the case. But it's more than that. It's applying the precepts and the principles of the Bible. Uh, here just recently, uh, in my own personal Bible reading, uh, I read through the famed Psalms 119 that you read and you read and you read and when are the verses going to end? As a matter of fact, 
just so that I wouldn't read too quickly, I broke it up in sections. So uh, just, just so I could just really not just be reading it to read it, to grasp what it was saying. And I came across a verse there that I think illustrates this well. It, he poses a question, David does, and then he answers it himself. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? He's asking, what should a man use? How can he cleanse all of the ways of that man? And then he answers his own question. You'll find Psalms 119 is talking a lot about precept and law and God's word. And he says this. He said, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Isn't that amazing that David even had pen in the Psalms? How can a man... How can, where can, how is it possible that his way would be cleansed? He says, I got it. He says, not that he would just own your law, not that he would have a scroll over in the corner that had the Torah written on it, no, but that he would somehow apply that law, that it, those precepts and stuff he would apply to his life. Yes. Amen? Yes. And so we live, we live today in a culture, Right? There, there are things in our what we call our culture, you know, the language that is around us, the, the, the system of thought that is around us. We live in a particular culture that is all around us. And our culture has bearing and influence upon our lives. Amen. Uh, it has bearing and influence upon our lives if we allow it to have bearing and allow it to have influence. And I guess what I've come here to, to, to speak to us about this morning and, and Jesus said this well, and we have alluded to this several times, amen, over the years, how Christ said that we were in the world, but not of the world. We, we live in a culture, but he has given us the opportunity as Christians or as individuals for that, for that matter, that we can have a culture within a culture. Right. We can have a culture within a culture. Uh, your, your home, your family has a certain element of being a culture within itself. Uh -huh. there, is a, there is a certain personality, there is a certain presence, a certain environment that your home presents, amen, for those that visit it, for those that live there. And so you have, dynamically, you have this huge culture of the world we live in, but even within that, when you get to the confines of your home, you have a culture. Now here is where things get a little bit identifying for us as Christians, does our home reflect the culture that our home is in or does it reflect a culture of another world? That's right. Amen. Because it is quite possible, this, this, this is a no-brainer, just because you have the culture of the world doesn't mean the culture of the home has to reflect that. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right. There's nothing written, there is no mandate that says because you live in America, this is what's going on, then you got to adopt everything that America, amen, pushes and pressures to be then the culture of your home and the culture of your family. All right. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And so with that being said this morning, I believe Christ throughout the scripture, he said, yes, that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. In other words, he said there is a worldly culture. There are certain things that they support, certain things that they endorse. But he says we are not of. We are not of the world, meaning that we can have a culture within a culture. Amen. We can have a culture within a culture. But culture does have a very, very big influence. It is, not, it is not by surprise this morning that if there was a baby that was born over in Rwanda, you know, they usually learned the, Swah the Swahili language. 
Man, that 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 just is just that's just tongue and grooves. They were born in Rwanda. That just they're going to they're going to speak Swahili. Yeah, we're not surprised if there's somebody that's somewhere born over into a French family or even a French culture. They more than likely are going to speak what? Y'all doing good today. Y'all doing pretty good today. Amen. If they're born in America, they're probably going to speak what? Yeah, American, I heard somebody say. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, man, you're probably going to speak the English language. And so culture influences our families. But it doesn't necessarily have to. Because I read back in Genesis 8 and Genesis 9 that the Lord was on the very brink of destroying the world as we know it by a flood, right? And he said the reason being is because he's seen the wickedness of man, the, 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 the evilness, if you will, of that culture and that generation that it seemed like in man there was only evil continually. This whole culture was evil. This whole society was evil. However, the Bible says tucked inside of this evil, wicked culture, was a family and a head of a family by the name of Noah that he denoted a difference. That although he was in this culture, he seen a man that he revered that was perfect, so to speak, in his eyes, amen, and found grace in the eyes of God because though he lived in a culture like that, he didn't allow that to become the identity of his family culture. So it is quite possible this morning to have one culture around you and to adopt another culture for your own personal family. Mm -hmm. So the, the excuse to say, well, this is what's happening around me and I am just a product then of what's going on around me is not, is not necessarily a good excuse because you have control. We have control of what passes the threshold at the McGee house. Thank God we still have some rights. Amen. I still believe America is one of the greatest nations in the world. I'm not here to badmouth America at all. We have our faults, so do a lot of other nations. We are still a great, great nation. And I thank God that I still have some rights. That, Sister Craig, I can exercise godly principles within my home, although there may be ungodly principles exercised on the outside of my home. I'm not just going to become a product of my surroundings. I'm going to create a surroundings. Yes. Within the context of my family. Amen. And it would behoove us to do so. Because if we're not creating a culture within the family, those of our family will be influenced by the culture that we live in. Someone say amen. And so we need this. We need this. And we need the culture of the church. We need the culture of the gospel, the saving message of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians 4 and, and, and verse number 3. We, we need the gospel. Folks, the gospel is, is, is the key. It is the hope for our world that we live in. It is the key for the lost. The Bible says, but look now, in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, but if our gospel be hid, if it be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom, look now, the God of this world, can I say it like this? 
in whom the culture in whom the culture of this world has blinded no not the eyes but the mind but the mind of them which believe not lest what lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them the culture of the world the culture that he's speaking of here that the God of this world has come into that is a culture folks of darkness but and I know this is simple and practical but that is okay uh, you can go into the dark the grossest of dark rooms that you can't even see your hand in front of your face and if you got at least the light of one match if you even got the light of just one match that influences that impacts that very gross dark room. Now here's the thing. If you have one match here and one match over here, if we would come back tonight and just turn off all the lights and everybody would just bring one solitary match, there would be a certain element of light that would be present in this room because somebody allowed a culture within a culture. And so I'm not going to be overtaken by the darkness because I've decided this morning that there's enough impact and influence through God, his word, his, pe his people, his principles, and his precepts that if we can get a household over on Plum Street and get a household over on Ficklin and get a household over here that can just give a little flicker of a light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we, we don't have to succumb. Don't have to succumb to all of that. Amen. There can be a culture within the culture. Amen. We even see this. We even see this with, with, with Daniel and, and the three that would become known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were taken out of their environment and culture and placed into another environment and culture now how easy it would have been to be the minority right how easy it would have been to be the minority and to adapt to the surroundings of what they were placed in right uh, because it's hard sometimes to walk the road by yourself isn't it I, I know one thing is for sure it doesn't matter if you're a kid in elementary school or you become adult in this world, it's hard to walk when the peer pressure is there and it seems you're the only one. I'm telling you, that crosses all time. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or if you're an adult. Why? Because we have this sense of like to be accepted. Welcome to humanity. We have a sense of liking to be accepted. And so we have then, whenever these boys were put over into Babylon, there is an automatic clash of cultures of what they had known and now what they had been brought into there was a major difference of course right away in their worship for one in the God plurality of gods then that the Babylonians served there's a difference in their worship but there's also listen to me now there is also a difference in their diet and their daily life in so much 
that there was going to be uh, in some ways a little test or contest for those that were brought in uh, from other areas into Babylon. They were going to be presented, the attendant, the king's attendant was going to present unto these people a portion of the king's meat, the Bible says, daily. And the wine that would come from his table daily was going to be presented to them. And they were going to nourish them for three years. And at the end of three years, they were going to look upon these individuals and see which one might stand before the king or be pleasing to the eyes of the king. Well, Daniel and the three that, that, that are spoken in scripture that are mainly with him that had come from a different culture and placed in this culture, they asked, say, hey, uh, let's make a deal here. We would rather not partake of the meat that came from the king's table. And we would rather not partake of the drink that come from the king's table of this culture. We would much rather just stay with the meat and the drink that our culture is accustomed to and allow us to do that for three years and let's see what happens. Well, they did that. They, 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 met, they, they allowed that for three years. Then they went after their own diet and after their own drink, different from the culture where they were presently living. And at the end of three years, the Bible speaks that these men, man in all matters of wisdom and understanding and even their appearance was better than those of anybody else that had just adopted the diet adopted the diet and the appetite of the culture in which they they were above bar of everybody else around them let me tell you living in the world and still yet being a child of God isn't just solely about who and what you worship it's also about your diet I'm not talking about whether you eat pork or chicken or hamburger. I'm talking about it's about your spiritual diet it's about what you ingest it's about it's about what you have an appetite for or not for. Yes, sir. Someone say amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Right? Yes, sir. I'm here. Yeah. I, you know, I don't see us, and neither do I, I don't believe this is necessarily biblical as well, but I, I don't see that we're all going to have just, uh, you know, sent out a memo to everybody that's a Christian or everybody that's of this faith or that faith, and we're going to get some, we're going to get some land together, okay? And we're going to get all housed together. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to just kind of fence up a certain aspect of the world and be able to, no, no, no. Uh, I don't see that happening, nor should it happen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, that, that, that was never, that was never uh, anything that was prescribed by God. God says you already have a certain mode of that, and it's called your family. He says, and you, 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 I'll be able to en en enable you and empower you to live above bar, to live a culture within a culture. Now, here, here is, when we look to our scripture setting, I'm getting there, and I need to pick up my feet, put them down. I'm kind of going slow here today. Amen. But, but, but here is the difficulty here concerning Lot. Abraham and Lot uh, are here, and they, they have a little difficulty here because both of their, their, their livestock and such have grown to so much that now there's conflict between between their herdsmen you know it's like the land cannot support them enough and so Abraham basically tells his nephew Lot uh, Lot you just choose whatever plain whatever field that you want uh, uh, the whole land is before us he said you're gonna have to separate yourself from me and you, you, you if you take the left hand I'll take the right hand if you take the right hand I'll take the left hand now here's what we normally do but I want to I want to probe you thinking here this morning here's what we normally do whoa whoa my goodness I can't believe Lot 
which you Sodom, Gomorrah, and the plains of the plains of, of Jor. I can't believe he did that. But l- listen to me. Listen to me here this morning. Remember what Abraham said. He said, "I'm giving you first choice. Listen, whatever you don't take, I'll take." Now it so happens, yes, Lot chose this plain area, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, but let's probe our thinking this morning. What if he had chose Canaan? Just probe when you're thinking. What would he, because if, if Abraham would stay true to his word, if he had chose Canaan, that meant Abraham would have went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Someone listen to me. I mean, if, if the promise of God told Abraham, you're going to have the land of Canaan, you're going to go to the promised land, your descendants are going to be many. I mean, you know, I'd almost be like, man, I'll get first choice. I know what the you know, mind of God is. But we, we give Lot such a hard time because he chose that. But what if he had chose, what if he had chose Canaan and then Abraham went over here to Sodom and Gomorrah? Let me tell you what I believe Abraham had in his spirit. He understood the principle I'm talking about this morning. He understood that it doesn't matter what environment I find myself in. It doesn't matter if it's Canaan or if it doesn't matter if it's Sodom and Gomorrah. I've made a choice that me and my children, my sons and my daughters, my son-in-laws, all of my family, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves. We can have a culture within a culture. We can live for God in a very present, evil, wicked, and troublesome society. So you go on and choose because it's not going to make any difference either way for me. I've already made... And so that's, I know I've heard people say, well, I don't know if I could live over there. I mean, all that stuff going on in this, you know, certain bigger cities or smaller towns. Let me tell you, as a child of God, it really, it really don't matter. It really don't matter if you're in New York or whether you're in a foreign land or where you may be because you have been empowered by God to have a family, a culture within a culture that regardless what's taking place around you, there's precepts, there's laws. There's Why do you think that the Jews were told, amen, that to their children, they're going to teach it Brother Malone you said it back a few weeks ago in Deuteronomy 6 when they wake up when they go to sleep along the concourses along the way what are they doing they're creating a culture within a culture amen mm-hmm. and so in doing so Abraham's not shook up about what may happen he knows where his allegiances stand but we see also though in scripture by what Lot did choose and, and it's just more geographical than anything and maybe a little metaphorically but what, what, what Lot chose the plains, the cities of the plains these were cities that were at the lower end of the Dead Sea the Dead Sea is the lowest point on the entire earth alright these were cities that were on that lower end of the dead sea Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah this Sodom and Gomorrah these two cultures if you will that were appealing to him that were metaphorically in a low spot that kind of indicated his whole disposition in the spirit but Abraham and his family of course ended up going then to the higher spot Jerusalem you know you're always going up to Jerusalem you're, it's a place that is high it is set it up set up on a, on a higher level than any, any else amen and so we see this taking place in scripture now Lot unlike Abraham didn't have the same tenacity concerning the culture within the culture because the Bible talks about how Lot's soul was vexed 
daily by what was around him. And if you live in that type of environment, if Abraham had lived in that type of environment, his soul would have been vexed daily by that. But the difference is what you are going to allow within your home and your family. Well, how do you know things went south, Brother McGee? i tell you how things went south, and I know that the fences and the culture that Lot was trying to provide for his family within the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't working or wasn't what it needed to be. Because we understand Sodom and Gomorrah being wicked, being evil, being perverted. Sodomites in the land, there's perversion, there's sexual perversion going on in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah, all right? Here's how I know that the culture within the culture for Lot, he wasn't working it the way it needed to be worked. Because whenever they are finally taken from this place, the angels of the Lord have described to them that they need to get out of there. And you've heard me say before, they lingered there even after they heard that word. That, 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 you know, they lingered there. The angels almost have to usher them on the outskirts of the city. They get away. Of course, Lot's wife is lost in all of this. But whenever they finally make it to the mountain, you listening to me? When they finally get to the mountain, the Bible speaks to us. That whenever Lot falls asleep that night, one of his daughters looks to her sister and says, what are we going to do about children? I'll tell you what, let's get dad drunk. You go and lay with him tonight. Tomorrow night, we'll do the same thing and I'll go lay with him. You see what's come into the confines of the family? This, listen, the same spirit of perversion that was in Sodom and Gomorrah after they were removed far from that was circling back around because it had been allowed. His two girls now are ready to do perverted things because evidently while they were in that culture, that culture was allowed to eat inside of their cultured home. So, so listen well this morning. Moving away from it isn't the cure. And I understand there's a certain, there's certain, you know, there's a certain level of importance. Yeah, you don't just want, you know, if you, you don't just want to marry and be close. I understand all that, but you understand where I'm coming from this morning. If you think, whatever it may be, whatever aspect of, of our culture and our environment and our world that we live in, whatever aspect that it influences you, tempts you, has a bearing on you, just separating yourself from it is not just going to do it. You've got to somehow create a different new culture for your home. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? And so, so, so we seen here because he didn't create evidently a culture that was bold enough that although all that was around him to safeguard his girls, although now that they are totally separated from that and it's even destroyed, it's cropping back up because it had eaten inside of the walls of their family culture because it was not protected enough it was not safeguarded enough. Someone say amen. And consequently, the two sons that were born 
from that incestuous relationship being the Moabites and the Ammonites two tribes that gave Israel problem for years and years and years and years there's another group concerning cultures within cultures the Bible says that Bethlehem of Judea was, was, was in a time of famine Bethlehem Judea simply means the house of bread kind of you know the house of bread was in a time of famine and Naomi and her husband Elimelech lived in Bethlehem of Judea it was a time of famine but as a result of the famine they left the house of bread and went down into Moab Elimelech and his wife Naomi. While they are in Moab, their two sons, Malone and Chilion, married Moabite women. And while they remained there in Moab, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, passed away. Her two sons died and passed away. And so that left a couple of daughter-in-laws for Naomi, who Naomi, who were Moabites. That was Ruth and Orpha. And so in the course of this time now, she receives word that her homeland, Bethlehem of Judea, now has bread. There is harvest. There is food that's in Bethlehem of Judea. And she is going to return back there. All right? She is going to return back there. Now, I want to draw a line just real quick and kind of jump ahead in the story, and then I'll jump backwards again. Ruth eventually marries Boaz and they have offspring alright I want you to consider this this morning alright just consider this for a moment this is kind of the irony side of the story and that is Elimelech Naomi's husband they left Bethlehem Judea in a time of famine and go to Moab and Elimelech and his two boys die Evidently, we have no other record saying any differently. Evidently, though, Boaz, Sister Craig, must have stayed in Bethlehem, Judea. You hearing me? During a time of famine, and yet exist whenever they return back home. Uh-huh. Bethlehem, Judea, the house of bread. What I'm saying to us this morning, what you think you might suffer from staying at the house of bread during a low time may not be as much as you would suffer if you leave the house of bread during the low time. That's the reason why we preach, honey, when things going well, we just go be here. When it's not going so well, we go be here. Honey, when we're, when we're dancing on the ceiling, we go be here. And whenever it seems like you could hear a pin drop and nobody even humming amen, we're going to be here. Why? Because we're going to suffer more if we leave the house of bread than if we just stay with the house during its highs and during its lows. Because whenever they're coming back, we'll still be here and have made it and are blessed and are... Amen. Hallelujah. So, so that's the irony of it. But then we see here what happens. We've looked at Daniel and his group that was of a culture and then placed in a culture. Okay. That was different to their own. Now 
we're seeing Ruth that is choosing to leave her culture and be placed in a culture not like her own, but more godly and respectable than the culture that she had. And so whenever she comes over into this place and she tells Naomi, I'm going to go where you go and, and your God's going to be my God. And she comes over there and starts living in that type of land and that type of culture. She left, the Bible said, her gods, her culture. But, you know, if Ruth really wanted to, she still could have maintained that semblance of Moabite life, Brother James, over in Bethlehem, Judea. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Folks, this can work two ways. You hear me? This can work two ways. And it's about how you control the culture of your home. There can be negative impact for you if you allow the culture of the world to infiltrate to your home. But there can be negative impact for you if you disallow the culture of the church to enter what your culture by nature is. You, you may not understand how is it that there is a, a lack of impact for people that may be quote-unquote Christian, faithful to church, and the reason is this. They have created another culture in their home that is like that of the world, although they're trying to live in the culture of the church. Just, just as much as Christians, we can keep the world out. You can, as a Christian, keep the world in your home, though you're living in the church. So it's kind of like a, if you could think of it as three circles, almost like a bullseye, you have the culture of the world, then you have the culture of the church, then you have your family culture, all right? And so the culture of the world is out here, and the culture of the church gives a real good buffer, you know, for people that, but ultimately it's what takes place in the bullseye. You can allow either the culture of the world to enter in there, or eat. I, I wish I had a board here, I'd be drawing today. All right. No, they're probably using it. Okay. People that know anything about God, not Christians, it's culture of world, boom, they're home. Two circles. People over here trying to live Christian lives, it's the culture of the world, it's the church. And then the culture of the home. Over here, over here, all right. Man, it seems like, you know, there's, it's like you can erase the line. You know what I'm saying? They're allowing that influence to get into it. Over here, we got the world. Thank God for the church. It's that first line of barrier. But ultimately, there's that barrier that you provide in your home. And the situation is some people, because of the culture of the church, they, they are capable of providing the right culture for their family. But then there are others that have the profession that they are a part of the church. But the culture of their home resembles that of the outer ring of the world. So this works, this works two ways. So whenever, Nate, whenever Ruth came over and she came, into, she came into Bethlehem of Judea, amen, her, her, her heathen culture, the way of life that she had known now was starting to decline. She had made a decision that she was going to assume, if you will, the culture of Bethlehem, Judea. She's, she's going to the field of Boaz. Uh, Naomi's God's going to be my God. She does a dynamic change because of what she said she's going to do. I, if I I wanted here's basically the element of Ruth if I wanted everything that Moab, Moab, Moab had I'd just stay in Moab 
She says, but I don't, I don't, I don't have to have that anymore. I don't desire that anymore. I want Bethlehem, Judea, so I'm going to move there. See, here, here's what boggles our minds. Why would you choose Bethlehem, Judea, and still try to practice the culture of Moab? You understand what I'm saying? Why, Ruth, why, why would you go there? Because she's not being made to go there. She's going there of her own account. Why, it just wouldn't make sense, would it, really, for her to leave Moab that's just like her, just as she is, amen, to leave that and go to something of a positive culture and still try to live? That just wouldn't make sense. Just stay in Moab. Neither does it make sense for us, amen, to want to somehow hone a relationship with God and still live like who we used to be. Amen. Whenever yeah. In that episode, you need to let down the walls of your life and allow the culture of the church to permeate your life, the husband, the wife, the children, the home, the family, the activity, the entertainment, the talk, the walk. stand with me this morning. I'll come to a close here. The Bible talks about Christ spoke before he ever left. He said, ye are the light of the world. He came in and he, he was, he said, I am the light of the world. Before he left, he transposed, he transferred that to his disciples, his church. Whenever I came, the flesh of Christ Jesus, I am the light of the world. He says, but now that I'm going away, he says, you all are the light of the world. He came saying that I am the salt of the earth, but he transferred all that. He said, ye, ye are the salt of the earth. And he says, if the salt lose its savor, wherewith should it be salt? He said, it's good for nothing if it lose its savor because its savor is its power to influence, its power to have impact. Amen. I think this was years ago. And uh, Brother Zach, you may even remember this. Years ago, we were at a uh, um, Let's Talk conference in, in, in Memphis. And I think this was there. If not, I've been a few places since then. So um, there was one of the ministers there, and they were talking about, you know, it seems like as your, as your if we were to have a, a flashlight this morning, and I were to shine it on this, this wall, and I was close to the wall, there would be a, a very small circumference of a circle of light that was there, all right? But as I pulled that back, that, that circle of light would get larger. But as you, as you increase that diameter or that amount of light, your circumference of darkness increases. Amen? Meaning this, that sometimes, you know, we, people say, I tell you what, I'm doing everything. I'm doing more for God than I ever have been, but I'm being fought harder than I ever. Because as you increase, if you will, the diameter of your light in the light, your life, your circumference of darkness increases. Right. Amen. And here's the thing, though, folks. Someday, someday soon, do you understand the impact and the influence that the church has on the world? Because my Bible says, we studied this in Daniel and Revelation, that whenever the church is taken out of the world, that spirit that is already at work of the Antichrist, the son of perdition, is going to be revealed. Why? Because the church 
the impact, the, flu, the influence, the culture of the church has such an impact, it can keep at bay. You hearing me? It can keep at bay the pernicious, wicked, ultimate evil of the end of the world as long as she is in existence. So please, as a word of encouragement today, don't you by no means undervalue the influence of your life within your family, within your community, within the world, because the spirit that dwells in us is the only thing keeping at bay the finality of all things. And think for a moment, Sister Sharon, if it has that type of power and influence, what can it do until that day comes for others that are around us? Oh, I'm just a weak Emilio Christian, bless God. Don't assume that posture. The power in you is keeping back the hand of the end of time. It can have a great impact then, Sister Margaret, still today on those that are around us and around his word. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads in this place this morning? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.